Y'all ready to hear the word of God Amen. open? Amen. Let, let's go ahead and pray, brother. Amen. Yes, sir. Father God, we just want to come tell you thank you for being so incredibly good, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving us in spite of us, God. Thank you that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ climbed up on an old rugged cross on our behalf. God, thank you that we can stand here tonight, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we can sing about your goodness. But, Father, I pray tonight, would you do a mighty work? God, I pray if there'd be any within the sound of your servant's voice, God, live stream any other way, God, I pray a soul would be saved on this night. I pray you'd reach into the fires of hell and snatch one out, God. But Lord, for we, your children, I pray you'd do something mighty. I pray, God, you'd help us to clean up these old vessels. Yes, I pray we'd help us. you'd help us that we'd go out to serve you mightily, God. We yes. love you, Father. You've been good to us, Lord. I ask you, would you anoint my brother? God. I pray right now, your sweet Holy Spirit, pour out on him, God. Touch yes. his lips, touch his tongue. Speak to us and touch our hearts, God, that we may be pleasing to you. We love you, Father. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Preacher, Amen. brother. Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad and honored to be here. Brother, it is so good to see you. So much good to be in the house of God every time. It is my privilege and honor to be here. I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Revelation chapter number 5 this evening. The book of Revelation chapter number 5. And I thank God for the Word of God. I thank God for the book of Revelation. They say that uh, that's a scary book. That crazy things are happening and bad things are going on. But for the child of God... For the child of God, we've got promises, praise the Lord, that the King is coming, praise God. And I'm so thankful that He is on His way. It could be tonight. I've always said that it could be done before I get preaching, but I promise I'll try not to preach to the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. But uh, we are so thankful to be here and to be instead. I was telling everybody uh, that uh, I know you came. You're expecting to see Brother Joe, uh, but he just put on a little weight and grew hair. Praise God. Uh, no, that's mean. That's mean. I'll get in trouble for that Tuesday night. But, uh, but I'm looking forward to being back with him. Our family be singing, and uh, we'll get to hear him preach. Lord willing, you pray for him. He's been battling uh, bronchial tube infection so, uh, and everything that's been going on. You just pray that, Brother Joe, uh, everything will go just fine. Revelation chapter number 5, verse number 19. This verse, or these verses, verse number 9, absolutely uh, just grip my heart. If you will, go ahead and stand with me in honor reading of God's Word. Revelation chapter number 5, verse number 9. We'll read just a couple of verses verses, and then we will go to the Lord in prayer. Revelation 9, verse 5, verse, uh, chapter, verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation." And has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray you just touch us. Lord, I pray you'd use us, God, in these next few moments. Lord, I pray that everything that we say would be honoring to you. Lord, I pray you'd touch my pastor, God. But Lord, I pray you'd touch this church. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. I pray you'd just touch, uh, Lord, the pastor. Lord, touch these people, God. We thank you for uh, the time that, that we are able to sing your praises and to be able to see what God is doing in this place. And now I pray you just touch in this service tonight. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen, you go ahead and be seated. I, I want to start by saying this. I want to thank you for Faith Baptist Church for what you have done for so many years. And I know that over the last few years, things have changed and things have uh, come to uh, COVID changed everything it seemed like. 
But uh, I want to say this, that this place has a special place in my heart because of something that you guys have had uh, opportunity to do for so many years, and that is Judgment Journey. When y'all were doing Judgment Journey, it was absolutely amazing uh, what God has done. And I was talking with Pastor about that and, uh, and all the souls, and I saw the plaques over there, the souls that have been saved. And I want to tell you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that because one of those souls on that board is my son. Thank God. Boy, that right there, Brother Tyson, that gets me excited. Gets me excited to know that, that people are going and still an, out, an outreach and, and have a, a hunger and thirst to be able to see lost souls saved. And, and when I get excited, I begin to see this Revelation chapter number 5. This, this chapter is absolutely chalk filled with wonderful things. And they're singing this great song. And before we get to that song, I just want to back up real quickly and get to verse number 2. And that, that very first chapter, chapter number 5, verse number 2, we begin to see that chapter opening with one thing. Verse number 1 says that there's a scroll, but then verse number 2. It says, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? So the very first thing that this chapter starts off with is there's a survey that you say, what's happening? Who is worthy? We need to look around and be able to see in this building that there is none worthy. No, not one. There's, and when they saw uh, all of in heaven, there was not anyone that was standing. That was there asking that question that the survey that covers all of creation and that, that none that could stand. Adam, the very first man, couldn't stand up and say that I'm worthy because I was the first one. The, the ones down the generations of great Christians, they could not stand and say, hey, I'm worthy. I can do that. Great leaders of the past could not stand. Monarchs and presidents and those that you know uh, by name that you can understand that, boy, they've done wonderful things and respectful things, but none are worthy to open this book because there was only one that was worthy. And that survey that we look at, we begin to see that uh, it wants to know well, one, which one is worthy. I want you to notice that it doesn't ask the, who's the richest man in the room. It doesn't ask who has the most talent in the room. It doesn't ask who has the most children, who has the most this, that, who has the most talent, who is the one that is able to bring the biggest crowd in, who is the one that's able to do this. None of those were the questions. The question simply was, who is worthy? And I thank God that I know the one. <laughs> I believe it. I believe that y'all been singing about that one. I believe that we've been praising the, the one that uh, is worthy. And is, that's that one that's none of us. And that survey finds that there's none worthy that's there. And it leads John, the one that's writing and penning these words by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. It leads him to sorrow. When you look in verse number four with me in chapter number five, it says, And I wept much. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. The sorrow that John displays forces us to, to take note that there's a, a great need that only one can be, uh, satisfy that need. Only one can be that one that does that. He sorrows because the question is, who is worthy? Notice he doesn't volunteer himself. Boy, he had spent time with Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, himself there with uh, Jesus Christ. He was able to go and be brought up into to be able to see this great vision that is taking place here in Revelation chapter number 5. But there's not one he's saying. And when you realize just who you are, and when you realize, glory to God, just what you are, you will realize that you're not worthy, but Jesus Christ is the only one that is worthy. 
When we look at the uh, going on, we begin to see that there's uh, something that's happening. What is happening? Well, that scroll is a very important thing. It's the title deed that we look to, the title deed to this earth. And one person is only one that's able to do that. And there's a redeemer that came to buy back and to redeem each and every one of us and to redeem this earth and to redeem all of us at one time. When you look at the Old Testament, I want you to give you just a little lesson real quickly. In the Old Testament, there were three things that were able to be redeemed. And you say, well, what is it that's able to be redeemed? Well, number one, a wife could be redeemed. That is one that had uh, lost a husband if he died and left a wife that had no children or a brother or a close kinsman would be the one that would be able to come and to redeem that wife and bring her back that she might marry that widow. Number two, a slave could also be uh, redeemed. What is a slave? How would he find himself in that slavery? If a man owed a debt and he could not pay, he would be taken and he would be placed into history or, or uh, prison and he would be placed into slavery. And, and But a kinsman could come along and pay his debt and give the money and say, hey, I want to set this man free. Thank God that one day when I was a six-year-old little boy that I was able, hallelujah, to be set free from the slavery of sin. And I thank God for that. But the third thing that is his is a possession that was there. And if a man owed a debt and he could not pay and they took him and they placed him in slavery and that kinsman could come and take his possessions and bring his possessions out of that, that way that he would not be able to get to them any longer. You say, well, how in the world was a man able to do that? Three conditions also to be able to be one of those redeemers. Number one, you had to be a near kinsman. You had to be one that was one that was a, a very close kin. You had to be a close relationship to that person. Number two, that one has had to be, he had to be willing to pay. Now, I'll be honest with you, Pastor, a lot of times in my life that there's uh, been things that's happened in my life and somebody might not be willing to get me out of the pickle that I've put myself in. How many of you have been there? Boy, there's been times in my life where uh, somebody may not be willing to do that. And then the very third condition, we got to make sure that there's one that is willing to pay. But then there's also one that you, you might be willing to pay, but you got to be able to pay. Now, my dad, thank God, my dad is, is a great man. He's my best friend. I enjoy him. As a matter of fact, he was able to come with us tonight, and he's sitting right back there, and, and so thankful that he's able to be with us tonight, uh, and, and I'm thankful that he's doing that. And, but there's times in my life that, that things have happened, and, and he'd say, son, I, I wish I could pay. I'd be willing to pay for you. I'd be willing to help you in this situation. I could do something about it. And you see this. This is exactly what's going on. He said, I'm your kinsman. I'm near to you. I'm willing to do it, but son, I just can't do it. Boy, that just narrows the field down even more when we begin to look at how the qualifications are that you begin to see. Well, then where can we find and where is it that we could find somebody that's a near kinsman? Where, <laughs> glory to God, where is it that we could find somebody that's not just a near kinsman, but uh, where could we find somebody that would be willing to pay for me or pay the debt that I owe and the debt that I have on my life? And number three, where is it that I could find somebody that would also not just be willing to be a near kinsman, not be willing to pay, but would be able to pay? I found him. <laughs> glory to God. 
I found him in the books of these pages. I found him, and it's him. It is Jesus Christ. Jesus is that near kinsman. You say, how is it that Jesus is my near kinsman? Well, I don't think it gets any closer than when you go back to Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 7. The Bible says it this way. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. What a wonderful thing to know that God Almighty is the reason that we're here on this earth. God Almighty is the one that has created mankind and breathed the breath of life into us. And I'm so thankful that Jesus is my near kinsman. But you say, is Jesus, would he be willing to pay for me? Well, John chapter number 10, verse number 17 says it this way. Therefore doth my father love me because I have, uh, but I lay down my life that I might take it up again. And no man taketh it from me, verse number 18, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. He said, hey, I'm willing to lay down my life. But God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for each and every one of us. I'm so thankful that when I was in my sin, before I was ever born, pastor, before anything ever happened in my life, before Jesus Christ, uh, before anybody knew that my, I would be around, God looked down through the portals of time and saw Shane Roy as a six-year-old little boy standing by a little altar at a little church that's underneath the runways right now of the Atlanta airport. And I just took two steps and knelt down and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And thank God that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm willing to lay down my life. I love him and I want to live to lay down my life for him. But you say, but also, is he able to pay? I'm glad you ask. He only owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And may I add, and owns the hills as well. He's the one that is able to do that. He is able to redeem me. The Bible says there, oh, once again, that Jesus Christ was able to do it. Glory to God. There's one that all of a sudden stands. You begin to see that there was a survey that took place. And then there was a sorrow that began to go across John's face. Why? Because he couldn't see what was going on. But then there was a near kinsman that came along. Then there was a, a willing one that, was, that came along. And then there was one that was able that came along. How is that? Because a solace settled in. In verse number 5. Chapter number 5 and verse number 5. A solace came in and, and, and just touched the life of these people. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not. <laughs> Glory to God. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit of God come and tell you, weep not. Don't you worry about what's going on. Don't you worry about what's happening in your life. I'm in control. I'm still on the throne. I've still got this in control. Glory to God, we serve a Savior that absolutely knows what we're going through every step of the way. And thank God that that one, that elder, is able to say, Weep not, John, because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath Prevailed. Lord God, I love that word. Hath prevailed over all these things. What is that? What has he prevailed over? To open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. I'm glad that I began to see a Savior that came into clear view. But we begin to see. Boy, when it started out, it looked glim. Oh boy, when we started out, it didn't look like it was going to be good. Because there was nobody able to be there. But thank God that the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, is the one that is able. The one that is willing. The one that said that I'll be that 
Dear kinsmen, thank God that he's the one that if the church of, uh, the church house was able to, to be uh, containing the people that would uh, enjoy the basking of the love of Jesus Christ, this place would be packed. God would just touch us, every one of us, and I'm so thankful that a, a, a solace comes to him. John is looking for a lamb. John's looking around, but thank God he sees a lion, a lion of the tribe of Judah, and he has recognized the root of David, and he says that he hath prevailed, and this is what is a strong angel that's saying to John, to calm his fears, and that is a wonderful word. That means to, to conquer. That, mean, that means to subdue. It means to conquer, to overcome, to prevail, to get the victory. By the way, it's the same word that John, uh, that Jesus Christ used in John chapter number 16, verse number 3. He said, I have overcome the world. I have prevailed over the world. I have, I'm greater than what uh, everything is going on in this world. I have won the victory. I have placed uh, myself before you. Thank God. And when we begin to see that, how is it that we can't fear? How is it that we can be of good cheer? How is it? Why? Because the Savior has gotten the victory for you. The Savior has gotten the victory for me. I'm thankful that He has done everything that needs to be done for me. Thank God I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved. I thank God that He shed His blood for me. I know without a shadow of a doubt that He has done everything that ever needs to take place. Why? Because He has done a finished work. You say, how do you know that? Because one of my favorite verses in the book of John, 19 verse number 30, says three words that Jesus Christ cried from the cross. It is finished. Oh, thank God that we have, get, we, we have that uh, uh, amazing thing, that, that, that we have that wonderful verse. How is it that we can't fear? John is looking around and he's trying. He's saying that the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he's the one that has prevailed. And he looks around. But then I want you to look at verse number six with me. And behold, and behold a lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. John's looking for that lion and he sees a lamb. There must be confusion that must be taking place. A lamb that as it had been slain, the worthy one steps forward. And this causes meeting to absolutely break out. Have you ever been in one of those meetings that meeting absolutely just broke out? I grew up in a little old church and uh, up there in College Park. And boy, we just praise God. We'd sing. We'd just play guitars. And we'd just have a good time and, and just praise Jesus Christ. And men of God would get up and thunder and preach the word of God. And I'd see people shout. And I'd see people run the aisle. I'd see those wonderful things. Boy, I'll be honest with you. You don't see all that much too much around here anymore. But I'm telling you, the same God that those men served and the same God that I was uh, able to see the great things happening back in that day can still happen? You say, do you have to do that? Absolutely not. I am one of those men that, that I, I am excitable. I get excited. I enjoy getting to preach. I get the excited when they're talking about Jesus Christ. I enjoy all of those things. Glory to God. If you're like me, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right. But then, then there's my wife. Don't get me in trouble, brother. Then there's my wife. I won't be honest with you. She's not easily excitable. 
I get excited. Boy, I'll be honest with you. I'll be studying. I'll be out and, uh, down in my study. I'll be uh, studying through the Word of God, and I'd find something. God give me a little nugget of truth, and God give me something. I'd, I'd jump up, and I'd run around the kitchen table, and I'd go around, and I, boy, I'd say, God gave me something. Baby, you got to wake up, and you got to wake up. And, I, and I'd tell her, boy, God showed this to me from the Bible. Look at this verse, and look what God's doing, and look what has happened, and look how wonderful. It, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Isn't that great? She said, oh, yeah. That's good. But you know when I know when she's getting touched from the Holy Spirit of God? Because there's a little hand that slips up. And there's a tear. She doesn't get excited like me. She doesn't jump up and down and wave her hands around. But boy, when she gets touched from the Holy Spirit of God... Boy, a little tear begins to roll down her face and begins to see. And boy, and then all of a sudden we're able to see that God is doing something great. And God is doing something wonderful. And, and John is seeing that, boy, uh, he gets all excited about uh, what's happening. The lamb that's there and, and is happening. And before the lamb there, and look at verse number 8. And when he had taken the book and the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb. I won't be honest with you. I believe with all of my heart. That when we see Jesus Christ, that's all we're going to be able to do. Boy, that's all we're going to be able to do is just fall before the Lamb of God. Begin to worship Him and thank Him for what He has done and how He has touched us. And how He has been so good to us and, and how He has saved us. And boy, we, we look at those things and it says, and, and look at how at verse number 8 it continues on. It says, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. There is nothing more amazing than being part of a true worship service. Where God comes in and man moves out. First Kings chapter number 8, that's exactly what they were doing. They were dedicating that temple. Solomon, boy, the priests were in there. Then all of a sudden, something great began to happen. The Shekinah glory of God began to come down. And it said that they could not stand the minister and they were able to leave the temple. Why? Because whew, something too good is about to happen. <laughs> Something great is about to happen. And when we see this, boy, there's a song that begins to, to break out. And I'll be honest with you, if you've ever been part of it, you know it. Number two, if you've ever been part of it, you want to be part of it again. You don't want to wait around and say, well, possibly could this happen or possibly could that happen or bye, I, I want to be a part of that. We can praise God. We can spend time in prayer and praise and there's something special about being in a congregation that is in one mind and of one accord and there's nothing like when the people of God desire to do nothing other than praise the one that is worthy. Boy, we need to do that tonight. See, and when we see that lamb stood, the inhabitants of heaven began to fall down before him and begin to praise him. And they, they began to ready themselves as a song, to sing a song of praise. And they readied themselves in a way that only God could ready a people. And thank God that we have the opportunity. And by the way, I get to be there when this is happening. Come on, glory to God. We get to be there when this is taking place. 
When the song begins to sing, they're not going to start the first note without me. They're not going to begin to tune the harps before I get there. They're not going to have anything that takes place. But all of a sudden, I'm saying it's not Shane that's special. It's not me that's going to be the one that is holding everything up. But oh, when the Savior comes down, and whether it's by the grave or whether it's by the rapture, I thank God that I'll be able to be in His presence. And I'll begin to see His face and to see that God Almighty would bring his children home and begin that marriage supper of the Lamb. And I get to be part of that. I get to sing this song. Boy, there's songs that are sung all over this earth that'll bless people, but nothing will be like the song that we see and sing when we get to glory. Why? Because we get to see those nail-scarred hands that were pierced for us. We get to see those feet that were pierced for us. We get to see the face of Jesus Christ Almighty. We get to praise him face to face and enjoy his presence and thank God we won't need the sun there we won't need the moon there we don't need any of the stars there why because Jesus Christ is the light glory to God he is the true light he is the one that will be giving every every aspect of heaven to each and every one of us I believe that heaven will be heaven more other than no other reason that Jesus Christ is there boy we see that they break out in a song of praise. And here's our text. That was just my introduction. Do I got enough time? <laughs> Verse number nine. I want you to look at me real quickly. We'll go through it quickly. Verse number nine. And they sung a new song. A new song. What a song that that is. Boy, a song that lifts up Jesus above everything else. Says that thou art worthy. A song that recognizes his finished work on the cross. The theme of that song is absolutely one word and one word only. Worthy. 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 He is the one that is worthy. Boy, his sacrifice was worthy. Why do you say that? It was a sacrificial death. It was not an accident. It was not a tragedy of a cause. It was not a reactionary disaster. But Jesus Christ died on the cross for each and every one of us that we might be able to live. It is finished to still the cry from the cross. It is finished to still the cry every time a sinner bows their head and asks Jesus Christ to save their soul. It is still the cry every time that we know, uh, uh, tell somebody about how Jesus Christ is so good to us. You say, well, this is such a wonderful thing and you're so excited. But what is so great? How is it possible that we could have a new song? We've had so many times that we see all the years that have gone through. We see everything that has happened and we hear all the music and the different styles and the different things that have happened. And you say, how in the world could they possibly come up with something that is brand spanking new. Now, you young people don't know what brand spanking new is, probably. I'm, I guess I'm showing my age, Pastor. I'm in trouble. But here we have this. You want to look at what's going on. After creation, the angels sang a song, and they shouted for joy. 
But there's a song that as we go through, and I, I want to think about it. In the, the very first song that you begin to find as you go through Scripture, and you go ahead and you search it, you go through the first 50 chapters of Genesis. And when you go through those first 50 chapters, you see instruments that are made. You see things that are, they're playing on harps. They're playing on instruments of brass. They're playing on all those sort of things. But you do not have a recorded song in the first 50 chapters of the Bible with the book of Genesis. As a matter of fact, you go on a little deeper into Exodus and you don't find very many songs. How is that? It's not until you get to chapter number 15 that you see the very first song recorded in the word of God. And what is that song? That song is so wonderful. Why? Because the people of Israel, the people of God have just been brought out of Egypt. They've just been brought out of a terrible place where they have been in slavery and in bondage for so many years and they have been setting by the wayside. But now all of a sudden they have been freed. They have been brought out. And as they have gone out, they went ahead and begun to see. And, and then all of a sudden, when everything's looking good, all of a sudden the devil shows up. Why is that? You say they come to the Red Sea and there's a Red Sea before them and there's the mountains to the left of them. Looking to the right is a great a, a vast desert where there's no water, no way to be able to go on. And then all of a sudden, the greatest fear of their life strikes fear into their heart. Why? Because they see Pharaoh. They see the armies of Egypt and they've changed their mind and they've decided, oh, we're coming back. We're going to bring you back into bondage. We're going to bring you back into slavery. But thank God. And I'll be honest honest with you, there's been times when the devil has tried to get with me and say, I'm going to bring you back into bondage. I'm going to bring you back into this terrible place there where you were before Jesus Christ saved your soul. Then all of a sudden, God stepped out on the portals of time and he began to do a great work, a great and mighty thing for uh, the people of Israel, just like he has done it for me. Boy, we see that in chapter 14, they go across and they see that that great, great army begins to come behind them and they say, they're still coming for us. But then all of a sudden, the hand of God, the breath of God, whatever you, mm, glory to God, it was God either way. Hallelujah. He moved those waters and took over and killed all of those uh, army of Egypt. Thank God that we have that wonderful place in the, in the, in the scripture to be able to see that. Verse number, uh, chapter 15 in Exodus, verse number one, the Bible says it this way. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath thrown into the sea. Boy, they see and they saw the, the witness of God. They saw God Almighty do a great song and they begin to sing the praises. Why? Because God had delivered them. And I'll be honest with you. I've sung this song before. Why? Because God has delivered me. God has delivered me from the bondage of sin. God has delivered me from the powers of sin. Thank God that I'm so thankful that God is every step of the way there for me. And they're saying, hey, this is a new song. You say it's not the same song that they're doing in Revelation uh, chapter number five. That's not the same song. No, that is a song of deliverance. But this is a song of redemption. It's a song that only the redeemed of the Lord Jesus Christ 
would be able to proclaim, who'd be able to lift it. You begin to look through and you say, well, what is that word all about? New. Interestingly, there are three words in Greek, or two words, excuse me, in the Greek language that they use for new. One is this. It's a new specimen of already an existing content. That means that it has already existed before and they've just recreated something, but it is a different kind of what already is there. But that's not what this word says. That's not what this word means. This word new actually means this. That it's a creation of something which has never existed. That means that this song can't be sung until we get there. Hallelujah. But this song can't be sung. Why? Because... All the ones that acquired it, that this is a new creation, that is something, there is a melody of a new creation. You say, how is it that with a new creation could possibly do that? Well, the Bible tells me that therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That means that something's been made brand new inside of my life, inside of my heart. I'm thankful that, thank God that he's given me new joy. He's given me new thrills. He's given me new strength. He's given me new peace. He's given me new mercy. Thank God that his mercy is renewed every morning of our lives. God has given that to us and there's something new that's taken place. Praise God that he has made us new. But not only we get to that, we begin to see that it's the new song, but that the theme of the song is, Thou art worthy to take the book. The theme of that song, we've already said, is worthy because the sacrificial death is worthy. And this was the occasion and the ground of that new song. Why? Because Jesus Christ had given himself for each and every one of us. John sees the lamb and not only take the role, but he keeps it. It is his. It is his forever. His is the son. His is the, uh, thank God, it is his is ownership. He dwelleth all fullness of the Godhead. He is the right one to keep it because he has the victory. Because he has won every step of the way. But thank God that there is a redeemed song. For thou wast slain in verse number 9 and hast redeemed us to God by thy word. Mm. Redeemed us to God by thy blood, excuse me, out of every kindred and tongue and people. And then we begin to see, well, what is going on there? <laughs> I'm trying to hurry, but I want to give you everything, praise God. Because there's redemption that's involved in this. And you say, well, what does redemption mean? What does redeem mean? Those three words that's there. <laughs> It means one, there's one that's there that means that it is purchased out of a market. That means that you can go down to the Publix and you can grab you something. You can go to Aldi. You can go to Walmart. You can go to wherever. Insert the blank. You can choose. You can go grab you something and bring it and you can buy it. You can redeem it out of that market. But then there's another word that's used there. It means to, to loose. To set free by paying a price. That's redeeming something that needs to be released from something. But then there is a third word. And guess which word is used in our text tonight? The third. Thank you so much. Glory to God. The third one. You say, well, what does the third one mean? Well, it means a lot like the very first one. It's an exaggerated one of the very first one. What is it? It says to buy out of the market. That's good. That's great. But then it says and goes on to never be sold again. Hallelujah. 
That means that he's going to buy me. He's bought me out of the market. That means that he'll never put me on a... How many of you are so glad that God don't have yard sales? Hallelujah. I'm so glad that God doesn't put you back out there and say, you know what? You weren't exactly what I thought you would be. I know you didn't come up with everything that I thought you should be. I I thought that you were going to be much better than this. When I brought you out of that market, you should have done this and that and the other. But I failed him and I failed him and I failed him. But he says, but I love you. I love you so much that I'm not going to put you back on the market. I'm not going to put you back out there for the devil to have his way with you anymore. Glory to God Almighty. Thank God that He has redeemed us and He has redeemed us once and for all. Mm. Boy, who gave us a ransom testified in due time. Boy, so the Lamb says that I will, I will redeem you and I will never have to do this again. Why? In Hebrews 9, 12, towards the end of the verse, it says, having attained eternal redemption for us. How did He do that? When Jesus Christ was sacrificed on the cross and you begin to look and God says that there's a form of everything that's here on this earth that's up there in heaven. That means that there is a mercy seat that was here on this earth. But thank God there's a mercy seat that is in heaven. And when God Almighty saw the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he outstretched his arms, shed his blood. Boy, the times that they have shed the blood of goats and shed the goats, uh, the uh, shed those lambs and, and boy, those turtle doves and all of those different sacrifices have taken in place. And boy, that blood was put there. But boy, it was just for a time. It was just for a space. But glory to God, according to Hebrews chapter number 9, when Jesus Christ walks into the glory portals of heaven, says, Father, this is the blood. This is the sacrifice. This is one. And he pours it out in heaven and pours it out on that mercy seat. And God Almighty says, satisfied, 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 because what he has done, he is worthy to be praised. Hmm. Thank God I got liberty here. Praise God. Boy, it's good to to be able to preach and God's people have a time to be able to listen to it. But boy, it's for those. And and I'm going to go ahead and set this, shake this bush. It's for everybody. Whosoever. Whosoever. Thank God. You say, well, who is the whosoever? Look at verse number nine with me. Chapter number five, Revelation. We go through it. The Bible explains it all to us. Redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred. Kindred means of every tribe. That word tribe means a a a properly a comparative small division of people, a class of people that are uh, 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 associated together. It goes on, it says kindred. It goes on, it says tongue. That means people speaking all languages. That word used means to the division of human families larger than a tribe, but smaller than a nation. Then it says a people. That word here actually denotes that a people considered as a, a mass made up of a smaller division. But then it goes to a nation. And it means that that word is still a larger, significant uh, uh, people, the still wider sense of people. Then that means that the words here that are used, that it covers everybody that's ever walked the face of this earth. That means that glory to God, it has... It don't matter where you're from or what you speak or what's going on in your life. Jesus Christ died for you. I'm glad that he died for me. But I want you to look real quickly at verse number 10 with me. 
he gives us a sure position. And has made unto us, unto our God, kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Most of the time, you are the product of your environment. My dad was from Texas. I guess that means he's a cowboy. My mom was from here, from Georgia. She's got Indian blood in her. Don't make her mad. But I tell people all the time, I'm the product of a cowboy and an Indian. Don't blame me. Come together. Boy, that the product of our environment sometimes. We're the product of what we go on in our daily lives. And unless there is something that comes by and makes something completely new out of you, you will never be able to lift yourself from where you've been. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that Jesus came by my way. <laughs> I would have never been able to lift myself up out of that miry clay and from the sin that I was in. There was no way that I would ever be able to do that. But thank God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, he came down and reached down further than I could reach up and pulled me up outside of that, outside of that sin and so thankful for that. And boy, he has made us. He has given us absolutely something. It is the grace of God that I am what I am, Paul says. And boy, our text shows us that we have a dual role as we look through this millennial reignship. Well, what is that? What is that dual role? You're looking at a king, praise God. At, glory to God. And what? And a priest. You're looking at royalty. I'm looking at royalty. There's people that say, boy, I, I'm never going to get above this way or I'm never going to get above this. Boy, I'm looking at a bunch of kings and queens and princes and princesses. Those, why? Because they've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and God has given you and set you in a place that you never could have attained by yourself. It is only by the blood of Jesus Christ that he or we would ever be able to do that. Verse number 20, chapter number 20 in the book of Revelation, verse number four says it this way, and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. Boy, judgment is rulership and we are gonna be able to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ and he's faithful to do uh, what he has said do you realize that God is not able to lie God has never lied and never will lie and he has promised us that I will make you kings and priests you say well what is so great about being a king well it pretty has some pretty good benefits but then uh, you're also looking at a priest <clears throat> not only rulership <clears throat> but a priesthood. Peter says it this way, a royal priesthood. <coughs> Excuse me. If you look through the Old Testament, you get to the temple, you get to there, there's a court of Gentiles. Most of us would never be able to step foot anywhere near the temple, the tabernacle. Why? Because we were not of the Jewish nation. We'd never be able to do that. But just inside of that was the court of the ladies, the women could go a little further. 
And then we have the court of the Israelites where common Israelites would be able to go. But there's only so far that those people that were not priests could go. <laughs> Guess where the priest got to go? <clears throat> he had access. He had access to go in before God to be able to see, to be able to spend that time. Boy, to be able to present those sacrifices. And we should be able to present our bodies in Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2, present our bodies, those living sacrifices. And we are uh, here to continue to present those sacrifices in our daily lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And He has made something out of nothing and, and, and has made us somebody. He has made us kings and priests. What an amazing song that they sing right here. Just a couple of verses. That, that's an amazing song. Now, I told you that I was raised in an old Baptist church up here in College Park, Georgia. Boy, I was, got to see wonderful things take place. How many of you ever went to a church or got, got a church where you actually go and you, you, you sang out of that red back hymnal, page number 57? Y'all remember that one? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. What a wonderful song. Boy, brother, Sir Isaac Newton couldn't put a grace any better than just, it's amazing. But then there was one of those songs, Standing on the Promises, page number 329. Standing on the promises of God. I love that song. Well, that old hymn, there's another one. He keeps me singing. Jesus, Jesus, the sweetest name I know. I'm going to be honest with you, that's true to me today. Then there's another song that I love to hear, He Lives. Page number 181 in that old Red Beck hymnal. Page number 81, He Lives, He Lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Boy, what a wonderful old hymn. I even like this one that it comes in, I know my name is there. Glory to God, I like to just wave my hand when we get to sing that. But then when we get to verse, page number 113, it's one of my favorites. Glory to His name. All we need to do is just sing glory to Him. Glory to Him. And then there's also page number 151. Praise Him. Praise Him. But the song that I absolutely think matches Revelation chapter number 5, verses 9 and 10. And that old red back hymnal is page number 277. Anybody know what that old song might be? Redeemed. Glory to God. It says, sweet is the song I'm singing today. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Troubles and sorrows have vanished away. Why? Because I have been redeemed. Boy, I'm thankful that God has redeemed me. And boy, when we begin to start this re revival off this week and we begin to see that God has something special here for Faith Baptist Church to be able to be having people touched day in and day out throughout the rest of this revival. And my prayer is this, that if you're redeemed, that you might just come on and say, thank you, God, that you have redeemed me. But greater my, my prayer is this, that if you do not know that when you close your eyes in death, that you'll open your eyes on the other side. Brother Tyson, your grandmother, hallelujah. I can only imagine 
what she, how she reacted when she closed her eyes but opened her eyes on the other side. You know how Sister Lucy made it? By the same way that I made it. And by the same way that your pastors made it. By the same way that those that you know without a shadow of a doubt that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Why? By placing their faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have not ever done that tonight, I beg that that take place in your life tonight. No greater thing could happen than we just praise Jesus Christ for being redeemed. Let's stand all over the building. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. God, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for the great singing that's taken place. Lord, I pray that you just touch us, God, this evening. Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you in the free pardon of sin, God, I beg you right now would be the time that they would place their faith in you. Lord, if there's one that's grown cold, God, I pray that today would be the day that you would restore the joy of their salvation. Lord, it's in Jesus Christ's name, the mighty, wonderful, powerful, majestic name of Jesus that we pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen. Pastor, you come on ahead. You guys just remain standing where you're at. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a minute. I understand it's a revival. I understand Sunday night. And I understand that I have every expectation, every reason to believe that everybody in here is a child of God. I have every reason to believe that been on a Sunday night to come to a revival, that everybody here has been washed in the blood. I have every reason to believe that, but I have no way of knowing if it's true. For what a tragedy it would be to stand this close to heaven and wind up in hell. What a tragedy it would be to stand here and hear about all of the story that's going to happen with the redeemed and all the revelation has to say and all of the things in the marriage supper of the Lamb and miss it by just that much. But the only reason you could miss it would be because we failed to tell you how. His name is Jesus. If you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I don't, I don't know how you ended up here tonight. I don't know if you just came to, to hear my brother preach, if you came to hear my, my, my dear friend sing, or, or if you just happen to be here because you know somebody. I do know one thing. If you've not been washed in the blood of the Lamb of God, then your name's not been written. But you can change all that tonight. It's just up to you. There has to be a confession of the lips. Father, I'm a sinner. The Bible tells us for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. So we know that we're sinners. First thing to do is confess it with your mouth. The Bible also tells us that the wages of sin is death. And that's not talking about the death in this life. That's talking about eternal death. That's talking about eternal separation from God. That's talking about hell. But the gift of God <laughs> is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that gift of God is available to exactly who he talked about, whosoever. How many whosoever's are in the house? Thank God I'm a whosoever. If you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, don't leave here tonight without getting that right. Father, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm just asking you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save my soul. I'm just asking you to write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life that I might be a child of the King. I love you, Lord. I thank you. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the free gift of God.
It's all up to you to ask for it. If you'll reach out to him, he'll reach out to you. Amen. Jay, you guys wanna you guys wanna come on up? Y'all be seated right where you are just for a minute. I, I do wanna do something that I just realized a little bit ago. We ain't taking an offering up around this church in a long time. Times has changed. You know, the word of God says, bring your, your offering into the storehouse. So there, there's some credit card machines and some boxes and stuff out there that the children of God can take care of that. But I, I do know that you guys want to love on um, Freedom Sound and, and you want to love on Brother Shane. And I want to give you that opportunity. So, so Greg, I'm going to ask you. Maybe, Alan, if, if half a dozen you guys will go out there and get some plates, come down here to the front. We're going to take up a love offering. All that will certainly go to these guys. But, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready. Now, that song he was talking about, I know my name is written there. 